Welcome to Theology Thursday, an ecumenical space for students to discuss matters of faith and theology. Five seconds. I'm your host, Connor Grubbs. I am your co-host, Ryan Mock. And I'm your co-co-host, Johnny Grubbs. And behind some of the tech stuff today, we have... Jason Rugg. Most people aren't going to understand that reference, Johnny. Some people will. Whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand we, the reference. Yeah. It's from another podcast. It's a dumb reference. It's not a dumb reference. It's just a. It's just the. Uh, Can I say we actually? So we have our brother Josh Grubbs. Yeah, we actually, do. just an obscure reference. Let's let's get whatever. Let's not mince our words here. Yeah. Do you feel threatened by the presence of all these grubs surrounding you? Yeah, I am. I am outnumbered. <laughs> I mean, I always was. Yeah, yeah you are, you already were outnumbered. <laughs> now the odds now the it's odds three are against more one. in your favor. Um, yes. Well, if we ever decide to start a revolt against the the mock, how many plan. grubs do I think I could beat up in oh. one? Uh, I think I could. I think I could take on at least two, maybe. Well, Austin's not here, so you could probably win. Yeah. If Austin was here, though, he's kind of buff now. Yeah. He. Yeah, I think he's he probably stands an even chance with you at this point. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. Yeah. He had to <laughs> wrestle a lot of people in the dirt at boot camp. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Hey, so we're here. We're back. Uh, Ryan's back. We got to enjoy the return of Ryan uh, on the last episode. The return of Ryan. Uh, roar. And and we're here, and we're doing it. We're living the dream. And That's right. Uh, I, have, I have a little sub point for you guys. You know, I'm going to say, like, a lot of our sub points, you know, especially recently, there's just been so much going on in the world. It's been kind of intense, you know? And yeah. today... I. I want to. I want to bring something fun to the table. Okay. Are we gonna play a game? No, there's a little <laughs> bit of. There's no. We're not. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, there's a little Darn. bit of. I mean, I thought it was fun. Okay, is a podcast. I'm gonna recommend another podcast on our podcast. Um, it's Podcastception. So Russell Moore, when he worked with the ERLC, yeah, with it, which which for those of you who are not familiar is the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He had a podcast called Signpost. So one way to market yourself. But I love Russell Moore, but Signpost is like a weird. No, well, he explained the meaning of it. Is there is an analogy that if I think you have to explain the meaning of it. It's not a good brand. Okay, you're the one That's who was just using I... some obscure little insider joke <laughs> earlier. It's, no, it's actually because he explained the meaning of it. I thought it was kind of cool, John. Oh, was, okay. I'm sorry. I love off it. A, uh, an A.W. Tozer quote about oh, okay. about like looking back in our lives at oh, I how like quote. signposts is like all these That's like a great podcast type. landmarks in our lives of yeah, you times like that, that God was faithful to us. I, I don't know why I'm salty today. Yeah. <laughs> no I don't know either, John. Uh, so anyway, signposts. And I, you know, I subscribed to the Signpost podcast, and there were a couple episodes that he had already recorded before leaving the Southern Baptist Convention that, uh, you know, were released after he left that, you know, didn't address. And I'm like, what's gonna happen? And then apparently, SBC played nice and gave him his RSS feed because he just updated it to instead of Signpost by ERLC, everybody who subscribes to that now is getting the Russell Moore Show by Christianity Today. Nice. Yeah, as so. a title, that's much easier to understand. Yeah, yes. it's a little more straightforward, kind of like very brandable theology Thursday. <laughs> yes, very, very straightforward. Very the Ryan Mock show. Like I was saying on a, the Ryan Mock show. Brands. Yes. Anyway, the Russell Moore show had its first episode, 
and I listened to it, and it made me happy. And uh, the the guest that he had on the show uh, was Beth Moore. The more and more so duo. There's lots of jokes on Instagram and Twitter about yes. them being related. These are good. And he they uh, <laughs> and he shared some of his favorite ones. And then uh, you know you couldn't. I, I I had to go back and see the video later because I was listening to the audio version. They had a live audience when they did this, and um, uh, basically Beth Moore had like photoshopped a bunch of pictures, like just stock pictures of like a mother and a child doing things together and she put like her face and russell moore's face she's like i just wanted to confirm like the rumors are true but some people think we're cousins some people think that we're like brother and sister um i'm actually russell moore's mother um <laughs> and so just had this weird <laughs> um but but it, it, i thought it was funny because he was like no i genuinely had somebody come up to me and say that they loved beth moore's stuff and that they thought that I was her dad. And he was like, do I really look that old? <laughs> and Because someone apparently genuinely thought that. Anyway, so there's lots of more jokes. I thought it was fun and funny. Are you saying some... you want more? <laughs> yeah, I wanted more. Uh, there's just a lot of witty banter. But then they also talked about, you know, leaving and staying. That was kind of the theme of the discussion is how do you leave well? How do you know when it's time to leave? And what I liked is they actually really focused on staying. They were like, you know, there's a lot of people that we still love who are still a big part of the SBC. And, um, you know, how do you know, like, when it's right to stay? And they just chatted about it, and it was great. It was a really good conversation. And as someone who, in the past year, coming up on a year now did leave the southern baptist convention is kind of like outside of that context now but still really good friends with a lot of people who are involved um i just really appreciated hearing their perspectives on it nice nice i really like christianity today it's uh they're moving in the right direction you mean the liberal progressive direction I mean, yes, I'm, that's exactly I'm, what Johnny's talking about. <laughs> no, I, I uh, mean the thoughtful, right? No, no, no. helpful uh, direction. And, and <laughs> I also, while we're on the topic of podcast and Christianity today, I just want to say, you know, we've talked a lot about the rise and fall of Mars Hill. I think it's a great podcast. Um, there, they had one episode recently called "The Bobby Knight Problem" that I thought was just a complete waste of time. It, the whole episode was about Coach Bobby Knight and trying to tie it into. And I get it. Sometimes he takes these detours that are supposed to make a point or draw a parallel. It's all building. No, that whole episode I Did you listen to that was episode? filler. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Like, no. no this is their filler episode. You, 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 you did not. So you you did, need to listen no, no, no. To you did not need that much of his story to get the point, right? I mean, we get it. He was behind closed doors. He was one person out on the field. He's another person. People celebrated these certain attributes that maybe shouldn't have been celebrated. But I felt like that could have been explained in half an hour rather than an hour. Like, they just took too much time on it. But Bobby Knight's life is like the ultimate archetype for it. So but he's not it, even a Christian or a pastor. I know, but it, it, that's that's what makes it even better is because it just kind of shows you the type of person that that is, right? So I, I thought it was dumb. You Okay, so we, we should discuss this again. On the podcast, because I want Ryan to listen to it and see what he thinks about it. I, the, here's what I'll say. The entire episode, I was waiting for them to get to why this had to do with what we were talking about, and they never did. But you knew why. It, you knew it. That's the, it was, that, I didn't need an hour of that, That was though. what was so artful about it is like the whole time you knew exactly what he was saying, even though he was just talking I, I, about I didn't Bobby need Knight. an hour of that. 
fight. I don't care fight, who Bobby fight, Dean is. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> um, um, and, 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 yeah. So uh, we'll actually talk a little bit more about Mark Driscoll on the after show. So if you want to hear Patreon, a little bit of Mark, Mark, Mark Driscoll. Marky Mark. A little bit of Marky Mark. Um, Subscribe. Wait, did we talk about that last time? His new book and his... I don't know that we talked about that on the show. I don't think so. We'll talk about it on the after show. Even if we did, we'll talk about it again. But on the after show, so give us money. Um, Also, a new reading hour just dropped. So if you're, like, top tier, you get that show as well. Gentlemen, we got a question from David Eldridge. I don't know. John Eldridge? David Eldridge. And David was actually at our 100th episode gathering. So if you, oh. um, if you've seen that on YouTube, um, the or or even listen to it, um, that was we had a live audience, and a couple of people came up and asked questions. David was one of them. Um, he he had a wonderful question. I don't remember what it was because that was a long time ago. But what I do know is the question that he asked. Recently, this, this time, <laughs> I should have had my iPad ready. I was like, I don't need my iPad for anything this episode. But I want to. I want to get the the wording. I want to do it justice. Um, David David likes listening to our podcast when he drives to work. Thank you, David, for being one of our faithful listeners. Probably hasn't listened to it in months. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Not on here, guys. He asked a question about angels and demons. Uh, essentially, uh, could you discuss in more detail uh, angels and demons? Have you done one on the different types of angels and the difference between the living creatures? So he actually would just asked about angels, but I told you guys it was about demons because I forgot to reread the question. David, we're going to talk about angels and demons today. I'm not prepared. I feel bad that that's the question because... You prepared about demons. I, I focused on demons, and, and I have a few notes. So what I'm hearing is I'm about to carry this episode. You Ryan. probably are, but I mean, like, I mean, do you got, like, the cherubim and, like, do you, like, break it down? Cause, like, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, not that I don't trust. It. I'm just, like, because cause there's... I'm into that side of it too. I just was feeling spooky this month and wanted to focus on demonic activity. Well, we're gonna, <laughs> that's why we're going to talk about both. Because okay. you know what, David? This is our podcast. Okay. Sorry, and we I appreciate you listening. My yeah. saltiness is rubbing off on, on uh, Connor. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling some tension in this room. So, should we just kick it off with some with some angel talk? Let's get some angelology up in here. So, I think oh, that's a word. So just do you remember Angel Wars? Angel Wars? No. Okay, never mind. Is that a weird like it should be like an after show Homeschool yeah, fundamentalist it, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. There's a huge community around it. Uh so tell us about angels. Okay, so they're pretty neat, I guess. Um and the Bible kind of talks about them a little bit. Here's the problem with talking about angels. Um, or really, I think the whole scope of spiritual beings, whether that's whether those are angels or demons or whatever. Um, it's tricky talking about them because, first off, 
we're dealing with a lot of cultural influence, um, particularly today. We there's all these misconceptions about angels and demons, so we have to fight off that. And then we are also dealing with the development of these this these misconceptions throughout history. There's a lot of literature in the medieval period that talked about angels and demons that really um, they just made it up. Um, and then what you're also dealing with is that it could get very vague in the scriptures. Um, so it could be tricky figuring out what's true, what's not, what's in the Bible, what's what's not in the Bible, what is extra biblical, um, and that and that can make it very confusing to talk about. And th- the other thing that we have to deal with when talking about angels and demons is that just like any other topic in the Bible, this theology develops over time, right? Um, just like we would say about any other topic in the Bible, like our understanding of God or our understanding of salvation or whatever, it develops. It's it's not just laid out there at the very beginning. Genesis 1-1, we already know everything there is to need to know about God. No, over the, the, scope, the scope of Genesis to Revelation, we learn more and more about God over time, uh, as well as salvation as well as any other topic, and that is the same when it comes to spiritual beings. Um, so there's that. So kind of going in in chronological order, let me start in the Old Testament. What do we know about angels in the Old Testament? Well, the, uh, the Hebrew word for angel is, I'm going to butcher this, malak or Malak, something like that. It's spelled M-A-L apostrophe A-K-H. So your guess is as good as mine as how to pronounce that. Um, But it actually means messenger. And so that brings us to our first problem in in understanding angels in the Old Testament is that uh, an angel could be a human or a spiritual being. There are, there are instances in the Old Testament where the word angel is used, malak, however you pronounce it, and it's, it's referring to a human messenger. And so when you come to the scriptures, you have to figure out, okay, is in the context of the story, are we talking about a spiritual being or just a human person? Um, obviously, in this discussion, we're talking about um, spiritual beings sent from God. And they're actually depicted in, in several occasions uh, in the new, in the Old Testament. If we were going to talk about demons, we are. Which I guess Johnny wants to. I would start off by saying that this is the opposite in the Old Testament. Uh, in the Old Testament, demons are not really talked about at all, unless Johnny disagrees with me. I I don't. It's complicated. It's complicated. In <laughs> fact. Um, we think of demons as fallen angels, but in the Old Testament, that word angel, makal, or malak, is never used to describe demons, nor is it used to describe um, Satan. Satan is described as um, uh, one of the sons of God in Job uh, and uh, a few other things, but never in the Old Testament as an angel. Any other thoughts on that idea, Johnny? Yeah, so I, and it kind of comes with some of my notes here on, on the demons, but the 
the Satan is a, actually a title in Scripture of of an adversary, a spiritual adversary uh, that the Old Testament people seem to encounter over and over again. And so there's there's questions surrounding is the Satan the head honcho? Are there many the Satans? Like the 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 development of the idea of a single dude at the top, devil man, that doesn't get developed until the intertestamental period. And I can elaborate on that more. But bottom line is it really depends on if you view the Satan as part of the crew, well then you could say that a demon appears several times, the head the head demon or yeah. whatever, um in, in scripture. Um but or in the Old Testament, yeah, specifically, but you know, but it's and we're, we're going to talk about intertestament period soon here. Um, but the bottom line for angels in the Old Testament, what we do know, is that they are messengers from God, right? Uh, they are sent by God uh, for a particular task, um, and they are good spiritual beings. Uh, I could I could name many different examples in the Old Testament of angels uh, appearing and doing something or saying something. Um, in fact, there's a big discussion about uh, uh, a particular title uh, for an angel in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord. And many scholars uh, believe that the angel of the Lord particularly is actually the pre-incarnate Christ, what we would call a Christophany. Um, whether you believe that, that's up to you. Uh, I feel like we've discussed it on the podcast before. Um, but there are plenty of examples in the Old Testament of angels popping up and doing things. We are also introduced to cherubim and seraphim. And uh, cherubim and seraphim... Sounds like a nice spice for your dish. Yes. Um, so, actually, in, in their earliest conception, uh, cherubim and seraphim are regarded as being different... From angels, because we look in the Old Testament, uh, the the word angel literally means messenger, and seraphim and cherubim do not do that in the Old Testament. Uh, they actually have a very distinct purpose, and the purpose of cherubim and seraphim are that they are guardians of sacred spaces, and so the big example we could give is Isaiah six, right? Um, where the seraph, where where Isaiah has that, you have a comment there. No, I'm just okay. You're just holding. Yeah. You're okay. I see what you're doing. Where Isaiah enters the throne room of God, and there's the seraphim, and they have six wings. They're covering their eyes. They're they're two. They cover their face. With two, they flew. And yeah, two, they two, covered their yeah, feet. Yeah, they covered their feet. Kind of a terrifying image. Really. And so there's a few different places awesome. in the Old Testament where there's description of these creatures. But, yeah, they're, they're kind of thought of as different from the angels, um, although they might be regarded as on the same level as angels in the, in the hierarchy of heaven. They're spiritual beings. They are spiritual beings. Good In fact, some beings. people th- think of these as spiritual animals, <laughs> which is an interesting idea. Um, we also see um, an, uh, two names pop up in the Old Testament. We see Michael and we see Gabriel. Um, and these two people, they're angels that appear in Daniel. Uh, we know if you read Daniel, you know that it gets weird and wild really fast. Um, and so Michael and Gabriel, they are mentioned in Daniel 9 and 10 and a little bit later on. Um, and the idea is that for Michael, the idea is that he is the basically you could think of him as the patron angel of Israel. He's the angel that's supposed to kind of shepherd over uh, uh, Israel and fights for Israel. 
And then Gabriel is used to uh, in Daniel to explain a uh, a message from God. Um, so let's 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 talk a little bit about the intertestament period because um, a lot of things develop in the intertestament period. A lot of things. Yes. So in the Old Testament, things are kind of vague. Things are kind of simple. The angels, they're messengers. They're good. Demons, we're not we're not seeing much of them. Satan, we're like, who who is that dude? We don't really know, you know. And then we get to the intertestament period, and and so in this time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a lot of literature that's being written. Um, you, we think of the Apocrypha, right? Uh, this this whole list of books written during this time that Protestants don't regard as scripture, but Catholics might. And then there's also even more. They they call it deutero deuterocanonical texts. Um, that were also written at this time, uh, and they were th- these these texts particularly are written to be in Old Testament times, but are not regarded as authoritative. And so, this is really where we see a lot of of angelology develop, mm-hmm. right? And we see this idea develop about um, angelology Thursday yeah, and demonology. This is where, and that's what I was referring I know, to before. You're this really is where, excited about the demons. This, this is where Satan, in, in the literature, they they theorize that he is a, a, a like the devil. You know, like it's a, yeah. it's one dude, not just a title. And, and so, yeah, we see this as well with angels. This idea of this of this hierarchy in heaven about these different levels of angels and their roles. We see them develop. A few examples of things that we see in these deuterocanonical texts and the Apocrypha, um, we see that there begins to be a distinction between good angels and bad angels, right? Um, uh, we see this idea, uh, First Enoch talks about um, how in Genesis 6, uh, it was said that angels sinned by, by procreating offspring with unmarried human women. We talked about that in a different episode, but that's where this idea develops. Um, uh, we see a few other things in in, in Maccabees 4. Uh, Aaron, we all know the story about Aaron, uh, but in, 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 in 4th Maccabees, I guess you could say, Aaron conquers a fiery angel. There's a story where, where he, he kind of kicks an angel's butt, I guess. There's some pretty epic stories in the Apocrypha. Yes. And so all of these ideas emerge about angels um and and some that we still hold on to today um and real oh there's this all this this other idea of the four archangels okay michael we see michael we see gabriel and then there's two other characters there's uh raphael and sariel uh, so the, these are two it's other like the characters. Teenage Mutant Ninja. <laughs> the teenage Mutant Ninja. Tur- <laughs> I could be pronouncing those wrong. At first I saw cereal, I thought cereal. <laughs> I like cereal. Um, and apparently Sariel goes by a few other names: Uriel, um, uh, Fanuel. Uh, but those are like the four of of the the prominent archangels. URL. URL. <laughs> um, and there's this also this idea developed about the chief princes, and these are seven angels, Michael and Gabriel included. This uh, is all purely theoretical. And the you, other and the other ones they kind of go unnamed. Is it surprising that a show like Angel Wars came out of this? It, because it, this kind not a, of sounds okay, like some Lord of just, the Rings let me army. Just stop of, you right there. 
Angel Wars, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, is a trading card game. <laughs> but it's the show, too, right? Like Pokemon. I think that they did. Yeah, you're right. They did develop a show later on. Because remember they had like a CGI show. And you're like, right. And people, there's some people are like, it was pretty epic, to be honest with you. They had the angels and demons fighting each other. They're like Power Rangers. It was, it, a, it was a card game first. Anyway, it's not surprising that people took inspiration from everything that you're oh, explaining yeah. and they're like well the chief can he has five angel points you yeah exactly you, you just took five damage <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can build some lore around this right yes. so very detailed and that's what they're doing they're lore building because i mean that's you know, and and the other knows. thing that the other thing that's that's that happens in the intertestament period is a lot uh, is the hellenistic period right that there's actually a lot of influence now from from greek uh, from the Greeks, right? Uh, and and all these different cultures that surrounded Israel, they also had different ideas about spiritual beings. Even going back far, back in the Old Testament, there's there's these cultures that surround Israel that have ideas about winged creatures, winged spiritual creatures. But this is, I think, also in the Intertestament period, uh, the Jews are very much influenced by by the Greeks. Um, yes. Because the Greeks had their ideas about the gods and whatnot. Even the Septuagint, the translation of the Septuagint is, is influenced a lot by Greek culture. Do you have any words to say about demons in the Intertestament period and Satan? No, just, just that. That was what I was going to refer to, is just that um, this was the time where uh, demons sort of took on a more, um, I don't know, especially with the Satan, right? I mean, un until now, the, the Hebrew concept was the Satan. It was... A title given to a spiritual adversary, an evil spiritual adversary, that appeared a few times in the Old Testament. Um, during the intertestamental period, they they developed this idea that um, Satan, as as a name, basically, right, and that's where we get this idea of the devil and stuff like that. And um, so it it was they they went into you know so, sort of the New Testament, the Gospel period, with this sort of newer idea of, of Satan. But the, the ideas of an individual personified adversary, like we mentioned, I mean, we do see that in Job and then obviously in the Gospels when, right. when but, Jesus but, is tempted. But when he's referred to, right, the way that they refer to him in the Gospels is distinct from the way that they refer to him in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it's like it's like if I said, oh, it's, it's, it's um, the IRS IRS <laughs> there you go it's like oh here here comes the IRS again right well that represents an entity right so an evil entity, <laughs> an evil entity right? um, uh, <laughs> but whereas uh you know by the the gospels it's like Frank from the IRS right, right. <laughs> so, Frank is coming <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit more distinct at that point um what's interesting is I think honestly, based on my studies of it, it was just cultural understanding. The the the, the point is the same, and like how he operates is the same. Well, I mean, it, it almost uh, makes me think even further into like Revelation when it speaks of you know the Antichrist, right? Right. Um, a, a proper understanding of that is is the spirit, right? The right. spirit of the Antichrist. Right. Any, exactly. Any anything that is anti against Christ. Yeah. Um. And because I think a lot of modern context, we've taken that understanding of like an individual adversary with us. It was like Barack Obama. The Antichrist is an is a person. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a person. But Revelation never really says that. Right. So, right. Um, One of the ideas. It's actually Joe Biden. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> um, one of the ideas that 
that I'm thinking through, I'm struggling through, is when I think about this topic is could some of this stuff that um, I'm just kind of spitballing here, right? He's about to say heresy. Could some of the <laughs> stuff that developed in the intertestament period be true? Um, and the reason why I, I I pose this is for two reasons. I have two two reasons that I'm thinking through. Firstly, I've we've already established that theology, biblical theology, develops over time, okay, uh, and in particular contexts, right? So through through biblical revelation, um, we could it gets not revealed all at once. So they learn they learn more and more as time progresses. Um, and the second reason is because the New Testament does presuppose that some of this stuff developed in the Inner Testament is true. Right. It does absolutely. The 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 gospel writers presuppose almost everything that's developed in the intertestamental period. But you have to ask yourself the question they're influenced by something that's sort of outside of the bible mm-hmm. part of their culture but not necessarily biblical right mm-hmm. um that this is the same thing in the old testament well right that's what right. i was gonna say yeah. it's the same thing happened in the old testament <laughs> right they were info influenced by babylonian things that probably aren't true right so but it, it helped them to to write and understand so could they be true i think so that's going to be kind of my point is like we don't know. Like, there, yeah. I'll, I, I'm going to break it down into like what we do know, like what the Bible gives us, and what we don't know, yeah. and how it. Like, if we were to peel back the curtain, how it actually looks and how it actually works, I don't yeah. think any of us know. Yeah, and one of the examples I was going to bring up to this is uh, Jude, chapter one, verse nine. Jude is a very short book; it's not hard to find. Um, uh, Jude one nine refers to uh, a, a, a time in which Michael was contending with the devil over the body of Moses. It's a really bizarre verse. Um, and Origen, who is one of the early church writers, uh, he 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 comments on this verse and he talks about how that this verse is actually a reference to a lost work. We don't have it anymore, but Origen obviously had access to it. A lost work called the Ascension of Moses. The Ascension of Moses was most likely a deuterocanonical text. Um, and so if Jude is referencing the Ascension of Moses here, I don't know if he actually is or not, but it's what Origen is saying, then maybe there's some truth that that is gleaned from the Ascension of Moses that this actually happened. And so it's, I know it's just something to think about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that just makes sense, and, and and it's really how the whole Bible works. These people are influenced by the literature of their time, by the spiritual literature of their time, even, and it helped them in writing the authoritative text of the Bible. You know, I, I believe that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So let's move to the New Testament. What do we see in the New Testament? Um, New Testament use of angels, it's basically the same as in the Old Testament, um, and even the words are are used the same uh, in the uh, in the New Testament. Angels could be human messengers as well as heavenly messengers. So again, context is key when figuring out. Um, now, the New Testament speaks of sinful angels as, as, as an idea that developed in the intertestament period. Um, for example, Revelations 12 talks about the angels uh, with Michael fighting against the angels of the dragon. And then 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 7 talks about how Paul uh, has a thorn in his flesh. Uh, and, and Paul mentions how it was a messenger sent from Satan. Uh, and so now this messenger is, is, is not a, uh, an actual person, 
uh, spiritual being, but the idea at the time was that illnesses, uh, injuries, were actually the result of demonic activity. Um, and then again, we also see Gabriel and Michael. Uh, Michael is referenced in Revelation 12 as the leader of the army of angels, and Gabriel is the uh, I, I don't know, perhaps one of the most famous angels here, uh, the uh, the angel that uh, tells Mary that she's going to have baby Jesus. Um, but that's basically it. Um, it's so so we see the Old Testament, and the New Testament. There's not really much to say about angels. Really, where all the all the fantastical stuff comes in is during the intertestament period, and then any kind of developments that happen uh, in the early church and the medieval period. But I don't have much to say about that. Um, just to say that things get weird and wild, you know. Yeah. Well, what, one thing that I think is important to take away uh, from from it as a whole like you you mentioned paul's thorn right okay yeah. it's a very vague passage lots of yes. people have talked about <laughs> it okay um and and many people speculate that it was some sort of physical illness perhaps um and, and again we don't know um but i think about that story and i think about the story where jesus um cast the demons into the pigs which I'm not going to lie, I've always found that story kind of comical. I mean, if I was there, it probably would have been terrifying, but I'm just imagining hundreds of pigs just nose-diving off the cliff. off the cliff. <laughs> I've always, I don't know. I mean, that, that's probably because I have a dark sense of humor, but I find that kind of comical. Um, and uh, so, but but this the, this man who is possessed, right, He he he's... Uh, He's cutting himself, right? And and I've worked with students who struggle with cutting, right? And and I you think, oh, uh, oh, are they demon possessed? Right? Well, there's certainly some sort of demonic thought that's oppressing them, that's yeah. saying you you're not worth it, you deserve to feel pain, right? Like, and so the the balance that I try to strike, you know, even a lot of alchemists in the time of the New Testament, what what were they really doing? They were they were dealing drugs. <laughs> what we actually find in history, like they were finding these these chemical concoctions that would make people feel a certain way right yep. and so um is there a spiritual component is it a medical component can we explain it with science that dichotomy didn't exist for them right and, and i think that's something that's important to understand is that there is a spiritual battle going on and and when there's struggles with mental illness with drug addiction with with any of these uh things like physical ailments like is there a spiritual component to that um yeah, because spiritual and and natural are not really two separate yeah, realities. That's a false dichotomy, right? And that's that's the framework that they had. Like you're yeah. saying, that's the framework they had. And so we sort of say, oh well, you know, this person struggling with a mental illness. Do they have a medical issue, or is it the devil? And it's like, yes, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. like do are you know? I think where the danger comes is like it's because they sinned, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like that's, and Jesus makes that clear so many times. Yeah, that that's, that's not, not the it, case. right? Like it, with the blind could it man, could be forces and... of evil. Yes, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's because you're bad, right? You know, um, do the you have consequence any, of that is. Do you have anything to add to New Testament demonology? Um, just that you do see one striking shift, and that is what, what what you see there. And it's not a striking shift, but just like the whole idea that you know this man was possessed by a demon, um, and all those kind of things like that. The, the Which idea now of, we have, you know tons of movies and stuff right. about you know oh this demon haunting this person and you know the exorcist and all these you know famous stories right as we're in the middle of october right and right like, that's Spooktober. the theme of so many horror films you have these demoniacs in the gospels 
uh, that are just it's just a little bit more on the nose than these cosmic forces kind of pulling the strings you know behind the scenes and and i, I think that that's what's happening in the in the new testament they're just using uh intertestamental language for it yeah. that's that's what i think so that's my theory i want to tackle one last idea this idea of guardian angels because that is an idea that many people have today that everybody has their guardian angel um first off do any of you have thoughts on this oh his name is brian he's (laughs) (laughs) what are you wearing brian khakis (laughs) anyway you know the state farm commercial no jared i i don't know if we have guardian angels is your guardian angel named jared it might be do you, I, have you ever seen like one of those clips that people put in their cars that it's like their travel angel? Like it's supposed yeah. to. Uh, Here's my thing: if we have guardian angels, <laughs> it's like are they given like a list of things they're not allowed to interfere with? <laughs> like if the you know like if if demonic forces. I guess when I tripped in the Home Depot parking lot. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if demonic forces want to like give me back pain or something like that, like is there just like you know? Zeb was on his lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the way the way I see this, um, s- there are a few verses that might suggest. Oh man, he's been watching too much "Touched by an Angel." <laughs> that uh, that <laughs> we might have guardian angels. Uh, Psalm ninety one eleven, which uh, which s- Satan actually quotes to Jesus in the wilderness. It talks about how the angels won't let you trip or something like that. Right. Um, and then there's they also let me trip. Matthew. Yeah, they're yeah they're just forget <laughs> about Connor. Uh, Matthew eighteen ten. Connor doesn't have a guardian angel. He's, he's left out. His his quit. Yeah. He's tired of <laughs> he's tired of keeping him from tripping. <laughs> Matthew eighteen ten uh, talks about Jesus talking about these little kids angels uh, in heaven. I don't have the the actual passages up. I'm so sorry. And then Hebrews Hebrews one fourteen also talks something about this um so write those down look them up yourselves um but this is i actually really like how john calvin tackles this oh no i know johnny johnny hates <laughs> i don't john hate calvin. i don't hate john calvin it just always seems to go back johnny, to him somehow johnny would have burned john calvin at the stake no i'm not that way okay that's that's it a... flip the paradigm <laughs> and, and and we always think of john calvin is like this the revolutionary reformer who hates anything that looks like Catholic. Just a mean right. Frenchman rolling around in a bed of tulips. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but he actually, he actually, when uh, talking about this topic in the institutes, he um, he has, actually has a very balanced approach, um, and he comes to the conclusion that as Johnny was talking about before, we really just don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there are plenty of things we do know about angels and demons in the scripture, uh, and there are some things that are certainly talked about, uh, like in the intertestament period or whatever, um, but we just really don't know. But he says this, uh, the point on which the scriptures especially insist is that which tends most to our comfort and to the confirmation of our faith, namely that angels are the ministers and dispensers of the divine bounty toward us. Accordingly, we are told how they watch for our safety, how they undertake our defense, direct our path, and take heed that no evil befalls us. There are whole passages which relate... Uh, oh, I'm quoting something else. Uh, so there's no evil befall us. So he actually he, he comes off 
is basically saying, you know, we don't know if we have guardian angels, but we do know that 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 God has charged the angels to particular missions, and that God can use angels to protect us. And he says he says elsewhere in the Institutes, God makes use of angels to comfort our weakness, that we may lack nothing at all that can raise up our minds to good hope or confirm them in security. One thing, indeed, ought to be quite enough for us, that the Lord declares himself to be our protector. That's, I mean, that's really our true hope, is that the Lord protects us, not some guardian angel. But when we see ourselves beset by so many perils, so many harmful things, so many kinds of enemies, which is our softness and frailty, we would sometimes be filled with a trepidation or yield to despair if the Lord did not make us realize the presence of his grace according to our capacity. For this reason, he not only promises to take care of us, but tells us he has innumerable gar- innumerable guardians innumerable innumerable guardians whom he has bidden to look after our safety, that so long as we are hedged about by their defense and keeping whatever perils may threaten, we have been placed beyond all chance of evil. Johnny got bored. Blah, of blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and and, and uh, a lot of words. But basically, John Calvin's point is. Do we have guardian angels? We don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But it is nice to think about. There's a, there's <laughs> a, there's a song by Newsboys. And, and, and God protects us, right? <laughs> and whether he uses guardian angels to protect us or not, it ultimately doesn't Same matter. Song. The bottom line is God protects us. So, Can I get my thoughts on times three speed? Just get through it real quick. Are you going to read a paragraph of John Calvin? No. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna try not to be as like redundant so that you know we, but but we've covered the fact that there's this idea throughout scripture that there are spiritual entities at work all around us that is just scriptural blanket statement whatever whether you believe there's guardian angels whether you don't whether you like like Maccabees or you don't doesn't matter there's a consensus that there's among those that believe in the Bible that there's spiritual entities that work all around us. Some work for good and alongside Yahweh. Others rebel against Yahweh. And they directly affect and animate the human experience. This, um, I, I believe, and I know I reference them a lot, I think it's it's uh, depicted well by the Bible Project. These oh, people are, the Bible are, Project. These Cringe. In, in their video about this, there's these people kind of doing, you know, things, and they're, like, being evil, and there's, like, this kind of shadow of, like, you know, this evil thing behind them, and it's, like, so there's this, this idea that, you know, there there is evil at work uh, around us. And uh, so those are the statements that kind of exist across the board in schools of thought surrounding angels and demons. Are you... I'm following. You're tracking with me so far? Um, but then... Like we discussed, how they work is completely theoretical. After that, um, you know, uh, but fun to talk about, right? Exactly. Um, Satan is a title that we talked about, and historically, uh, Satan is just referred to as a spiritual adversary. Uh, we talked about the fact that it wasn't until the intertestamental period that you know they started to maybe specify him a little bit more. Still, result is the same. There's this guy that keeps showing up, or this spiritual entity that keeps showing up that keeps getting in our way, right? Um, and so the truth is there's a lot we don't understand, but the ancient writers observed that there are cosmic forces that work behind the scenes and the biblical writers specifically took it further, right? Because all these other cultures were saying the same thing because they were living their life and they're like, there's something more to this. This is really weird. Like, and, um, 
So they started to develop these ideas of good and evil, forces of good and evil. And the biblical writer said, yes, I agree with you, but there's only one God. And that is Yahweh. And that actually gets a little bit complicated because um, for a while— in, That there's one God? Um, what? what? You said it gets complicated, the idea that there's one God? It does get complicated okay. in the Old Testament because um, they they slowly developed like a, a purely monotheistic thing later on. Um, the early ancient Israelites, like the, the people like, like with Moses and stuff like that, they believed Yahweh was— the God, the supreme. Yeah, he was the God supreme above taco. all the other gods. Taco and then the Elohim, which is interchangeable for God, were all the little gods running around, the good and evil gods, and that would would have been what we now understand as angels and demons, right? So that they actually understood um, understood this differently, which meant that um, they weren't. There's a, there's a third category for it. It's not polytheism um, because they only worship one God. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that so. But it was really just different words for there's definitely other spiritual beings at play. Right, exactly. In this. Um, so, but what they would, what, what, what other cultures at the time, like Babylonian cultures and stuff like that, they would have just said, oh no, these are all just like supreme beings. Some are, some are stronger than others, some are faster than others. And kind of worship whichever some one. Worship the one, yeah. You can kind of like. collect a few, you know, <laughs> worship yeah. this one. And, like, and something. Like, like, like a card game. Something. I, wars. I believe the Holy Spirit is what inspired the ancients to say, no, there's Yahweh. There is Yahweh, and he's, he's God. So, um, and and he, he, he is above all of these Elohim, okay? Um, the Satan, or other demons, they take many forms in Scripture. There's like a desert monster, you know, there's the dragon, there's all of these different th times where uh, we see these evil entities at work in subtle forms. Um, all the way. All the way. I just can't with you guys. I am a demon. All the way through to demon possession. And the idea, the, the arc of scripture is that Yahweh alone can defeat the evil ones. Uh, the evil forces out there. And Paul makes it clear that even with the advent of the first Messiah, that this is still true. And he says things like, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, right? But against the principalities. Against evil. Right. Um, the difference now. I got that reference. The difference <laughs> now is as the spoopies kind of run around us, right? Spooktober. The, we, the spoopies? We have. Too spooky five do. <laughs> we have unfettered access to the Messiah through the Holy Spirit. And we can actually join in this battle against evil with him, with greater hope, with greater power, with greater purpose because of Jesus. And so we are actually a part of um, the war against evil, and it will be won. Um, and there are... A uh, spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, and that's the crazy thing about, you know, the sort of now but not yet nature of the kingdom is in some ways it has been won. I heard one pastor say that, you know, it's, it's like the devil's been defanged, right? He's still, you know, the evil's still out there working, but it's lost its bite because it's, it's on a downward trajectory towards total entropy. And then we that are in Christ remain, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Nice. So in summary, let's summarize. That was his summary. You guys, oh, you know, um, and, you know, I kind of let you guys do the talking today. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, so in summary, we know from Scripture 
mm-hmm. that there is a supernatural conflict at play and that Yahweh reigns supreme. Yes. Yes. That's a nice correct. summary. Yeah, it's a nice summary. Yeah. It's a nice summary. You can tweet that. You can tweet that one. Hashtag Theology Thursday. David, I hope that answers your question. Probably not. <laughs> hey, this is great. This was great. I appreciate I, I appreciate the work you guys have put into this because I certainly didn't, and I'm glad that Josh was with us here today. Uh, he, he doesn't have a mic to share his thoughts with us, but he's... He's here. And we're going to have an after show. We're going to have an after show. Speaking of demonic spirits, we're going to talk about Mark Driscoll. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, behind him, right? No, he he liked to talk about demonic spirits. (laughs) He did, yes. So I wasn't insinuating any. (laughs) Check out the after show. Ryan, you know what to do. Yeah, yeet. I think that was a very long episode. You can end it. How long was that, Josh? 49 minutes. Yeah, that was a long one. You could probably.